All right, Brian, let's see you again after a very eventful week, our ninth episode together. We actually got to see each other live this week. We're back at our homes now, but we got to see each other live this week at the Facebook Performance Marketing Summit. So it was awesome to see everybody from the industry there. It was incredible. They doubled the size. This is a second or third summit that I've been to. They did like a road show. So that's number. That's what I come number two. But I met with one of the client partners and I asked, I was like, it feels like this is double the size this year. He confirmed that they went for a larger venue to host more brands. So yeah, it was great to see everyone. Great to interact with some of the folks over at Meta. There was some talking points from the chief marketing officer at Meta, as well as the chief financial officer as well. And yeah, it was good to shake hands and meet some new founders and operators as well in the D2C space. Yeah, man. I think today we probably want to double click on some of the lessons or thoughts that were instigated from the Facebook Marketing Summit. They dedicated a whole session to measurement and why measurement is the key for actually unlocking performance. And then the second topic, everybody knows about the AR headset that Apple released. But hidden underneath that announcement, <laughs> on the same day that they announced the AR headset, they announced new privacy features. So those are the two topics for today. Where do you want to get started, man? Let's talk through the privacy features. I think this, this is fresh on a lot of people's minds. And so we can start there. It's fun. Every time a new one of these privacy announcements comes out, I dive deep. I haven't had a chance to dive deep into this one quite yet. So maybe it's best that you kick us off here. What do you know about the iOS 17 impacts to privacy and where's Apple heading? iOS 14 was ad tracking. Then the next one, I believe it was 15, was related to email tracking. Where are they going now? Yeah, I think they're on a mission to prevent tracking. That much is pretty clear to me. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. It started with ITP, then AT. The specific announcement earlier this week, they're calling it link tracking protection in messages, mail, and Safari private browsing. So for those of you who have not seen the announcement, I would strongly suggest that you just Google Apple link tracking protection and look for the announcement that they made on June 6th. So I'm just going to read it out for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Some websites add extra information to their URLs in order to track users across other websites. Now this information will be removed from the links users share in messages and mail, and the links will still work as expected. This information will also be removed from links in Safari private browsing. Okay, that's the sum total of the information we have. And what's ominous about this is that this is the exact same way that ATT started, which is they start with very little information. It's like an innocuous announcement. And then before you know it, hey, you actually can't track people. And it has a huge impact on all of our campaigns. In this particular case, I think right now the consensus, if there is one, is that for sure it's going to drop UTM tracking params if they are directly in the URL that you see on either iMessage, the mail app on iPhone, or in Safari private browsing. I think that everybody agrees with that. Where people don't agree, and I'm curious how you would think about this, is given how they've announced it, does this mean modern email and SMS campaign tools like Aclavio, Attentive, whatever it is, that use shortened URLs 
and then on the redirect, they expand out into the larger URL with the UTM params, whether or not they'll cut those too. And I guess the even more important question is, as a brand operator, how do you think about preparation, scenario planning, given this information? Yeah, I mean, I'll answer that piece first. The CAPI GA4, well, maybe not GA4. You know, GA4 is server-to-server, but Conversions API and the server-to-server tracking it's like okay cool we're it makes sense we should absolutely be leaning into that if apple's going in this direction of affecting and this could be like phase one like utm parameters are maybe not affected in this update but could be in the 0.5 or in the next update ios 18 right if they're just heading in this direction the way that i read to me Certain URLs append or are tracking, or I remember the specific language you use, but they're adding additional information. That to me is URL parameter, regardless if it is a redirect URL or a shortened URL. It sounds to me like the Google click ID or the Facebook click ID, as well as the UTM source and campaign and all of that. Maybe there's a version of this kind of like with private click measurement and ATT where Apple will give you some of that data back so you can at least track the campaign and source. And it'll be through some sort of like Apple click ID where the Apple click ID is a series of numbers and then it gets reported back and you can only derive certain aspects of your tracking parameter. That's potentially the direction could be headed in regardless. But man, you're so on the money because actually they also did announce updates to SK Ad Network and, and private click measurement to account for this change. So they've already done that. Yeah, you're right on the money. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so that's good in that, cool, you're not completely deprecating UTM tracking. Bad in that, if that's all they've announced, we don't know what is gonna be removed, right? Are they gonna remove ad content? Are they gonna remove, there are some tools that actually have demographic tracking in there. It's not as common within paid social and the auctions because it's not needed. Actually, I'll give you an example, Facebook, with advantage shopping campaigns, you can add an additional tracking parameter to split out new customer and existing returning customer, right? And it's a dynamic field that based off of that click, it gets appended. Technically, that could fall within the scope here because now you're tracking user level, right? This is a new customer. This is a, an existing customer. And maybe that's what they're after. That sort of tracking isn't common in the auctions. I think that's the only example of it in Facebook and in paid social, but open web and mobile app ads and all these others where there's a little bit more PII, some of those things do get pulled into the UTM parameters. So you can very clearly see, oh, this person is from this geo, or they are falling into this demographic and this audience. And people do use that tracking data within GA to basically split out those segments and create those cohorts. So this could be a very much like they're going after that. And then there is a ripple effect or collateral damage to Clavio and some of these other tools, or it could be that's just the start. And then the end goal is to completely mask the parameters and for Apple to essentially dictate what information can be passed back, what is deemed appropriate for the advertiser to see. So this is going to be an interesting one. Again, I wish I knew a little bit more about it. I want to spend some time reading it on it, but I think What we can do now as operators and marketers and advertisers, lean into server to server, lean into developing your own data lakes if you're at that size where it makes sense to do it. Having 
It's funny. I think this is a bigger case for data clean rooms so that you can connect yourself directly to the auction or to the platform and use a data clean room to have better tracking in a privacy safe world to get some of those demographic and profile segments. So maybe that's a topic we can dive into a little bit more of like, what is a clean room? Why a clean room is important? Why it could be a way to circumvent this, not circumvent, that's not the right word, but how to prepare yourself for this. And then same with conversions API and server to server. The reason why those make sense is because, well, it's a server to server communication between your website and the ad auction. And so it bypasses the need for that click, that UTM parameter. It is interesting though, or to try to see like how this is gonna affect email and SMS providers, given that they are reliant on that UTM tracking data. Maybe this is the start for Klaviyo or Inattensive and some of these others to start developing their own versions of server-to-server integrations. Or maybe there's a vendor in the space like Telium or LiveRamp or some of the others that step in and say, hey, here is a bespoke out-of-the-box solution for event stream across all your marketing efforts. So I think marketers will rise to the challenge. I think new solutions will be brought to the market. It is going to be uncomfortable. I imagine at first, but it does create a new opportunity for more server-to-server integrations given Facebook's been the one essentially spearheading it with their CAPI. But I think it's going to cause and force other companies that haven't thought about this to either find a partner that can provide it as a white label or develop their own solutions. So first of all, I totally agree with that. And I actually think like there's a few... Maybe I can ask an ex-colleague from LiveRamp to join us one of these days and talk about the clean room approach that they have. But interestingly, I also have a bunch of ex-colleagues who now are leading the clean room initiatives at other companies, unsurprisingly. So like Habu, you know, places like that that are sort of the ones that are starting to emerge or even like Critio is doing a bunch of retail media, which is basically in the roughly also a clean room. So yeah, we should definitely have a conversation with them about that topic, but I agree with you, man. I think for better or for worse, if the brand doesn't already have server-to-server integrations stood up, I think they're going to have to start investing in that now, both for Facebook and for their other campaigns. I think like that's the only, the action item, quote unquote, is like, hey, start building out server-to-server integrations because pretty soon, like all of your pixel-based integrations are going to break. On vendors, just because this is maybe a topic we'll get into for from the Meta conference as well, but just to provide, just to give even more clarity on that, that next step or that action item. Vendor-wise, you can find different levels of where you are in growth. I think the most accessible for brands is probably going to be Elevar. Get Elevar.com, I want to say, is their website. So start there as a potential partner. And of course, do your due diligence. And this isn't pay for or anything. I use Elevar. We use Elevar and Nude. It works for small brands. I think if you're like a, a larger brand, there's a few other partners. Telium comes to mind. It's what the enterprise brands are using. There's a handful of others. So there's two opposite ends of the spectrum there in terms of heavy lifting and onboarding with those. But I would start your search there and then find something that that is best suited for you based off of your brand's needs and size. Totally makes sense. All right, so let's hop right in, man. They dedicated the whole session at the Performance Marketing Summit to measurement. And I think they might have listened to one of our episodes. They used the framework. They used your framework, right? They, Yeah, it was funny. So we weren't sitting next to each other, but 
we both sent the same message to each other at the same time. And we're like, dude, we were talking about this. I think this takes us back to episode one when we were speaking about defining measurement and measurement is not attribution or attribution is a part of measurement. And with that come the other two pillars of experimentation and modeling. And they had this beautiful graph up on the screen, basically the pros and cons to each one and how it all comes together to create this measurement 360 framework that Meta had announced before with Deloitte. And yeah, I think it was spot on. It really affirmed some of the discussions that we've been having and validates the logic and thinking of not looking at measurement as this two-dimensional thing, but instead it is a series of dimensions that are stood up by different tactics and applications across attribution, modeling, and experimentation to give you a sense of what it is. Makes complete sense. I think, and this is what I, we probably won't have time for this in this episode, but what felt like it was missing out of that session was a specific application and example of how all that comes together. In theory, I think a lot of people stood there or listened to that section or that segment and nodded heads and said, okay, this makes sense. But my theory is that people walked away from that and left that and flew back home. And now they're like, wait, but where do I start? Exactly right. You know what the irony is? Like, I know they're tried for it to not be an advertisement for Meta, but that was the one place where they could have, and in my opinion, should have just said, hey, ask your account rep if we can help you run the incrementality study. Because they do. (laughs) The one time where they could just like literally say, hey, we actually have ways that we can directly help you run incrementality studies because they sort of did it in this weird roundabout way. They had a woman, had a marketing from Athletic Greens or who runs marketing from Athletic Greens was one of the presenters on that panel. And she was talking about how like the account team at Facebook helped them with the incrementality that gave them the weights that they could use for their media mix model. And then ultimately the media mix model was like their source of truth for how they run all of their various campaigns. And as a brand, it's not necessary that you have to go all the way to M. Athletic Greens is a very large company that at this point pulls a lot of revenue from podcast ads and things like that. So they don't have a choice. They have to run MM models, but that was like the opportunity to say like, Hey, if you're not sure where to start, reach out to your Facebook account team. We actually directly have incrementality tools ourselves that we can potentially help with depending on the situation, right? So like, I don't know, to me, it was definitely a missed opportunity. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting is that there was like a vendor that's been circulating in the ecosystem more recently called House that also like there was an opportunity for, yeah, just to at least initiate a discussion and say like, hey, If you're, you know, I think they mostly serve like mid and enterprise sort of scale customers, but I think you're right. It's like, it was very hard to know who do I call if I want to start using measurement to better inform my spend decisions or other types of measurement. Yeah. Yeah. And at what stage as well, right? It felt like that was speaking to an audience that was very specific. You're doing 50 million or more a year. You're diversified across different channel and media mix, spending a significant amount. You have historical data and learnings. Like you didn't just diversify last month, right? Like you've been doing this for a little bit. So I think there's a little bit of a criteria there that needs to be discussed and understood and educated on, or else 
brands that have no reason to make these heavy investments and to like focus on this are going to be chasing this because that's what they're being told needs to happen. When in reality, if you're just live on Facebook and Google, it's quite simple. Look at your PL. How much did you spend? How much money did you get back? It's super simple. No need to overcomplicate it. And I do have some concerns that maybe there were some folks that have very simple media mixes and don't have a lot of channel diversification. Maybe they have two or three channels that are going to take this and like try to apply this. And it's going to be a distraction. It's going to totally. it's going to be an expense that doesn't need to be had because these solutions are not cheap. So that was a missing piece. That's like the one feedback that I have. And I had the pleasure of not eavesdropping, but just sort of being a fly on the wall with a conversation that Taylor Holiday from Common Thread Collective was having with Yoni over at Meta, client partner on the Meta and potentially not a client partner. Let me strike through and asterisk that. But Yoni over at Meta and they were discussing that. It was just very much like the application. It's like great theory, great thesis, but like what are brands supposed to do with that information? And it, that's when it hit me. I was like, wow, like there's truth in that. There's truth in that statement and that it wasn't actionable. It's great. But the brands that have, that don't have someone in, in on their teams that have done this before are going to spin their wheels. And I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. And it's going to be maybe our challenge for the next episodes is let's do what Meta didn't do. And let's provide some examples and actually maybe even have a, a rubric or a step-by-step guide of this is step one. This is the criteria. If you check off these boxes, you're ready for this stage and then you're ready for the next stage and sort of walking the, our listeners through that I think will be incredibly valuable because it's not just meta. It's, I mean, it, measurements been the hot button uh, discussion for since ATT was rolled out from iOS 14, but no one in the industry has stepped up to provide actual guidance. It's all theoretical. It's all the high level discussion of the pretty, the nice thing to go tell your CMO, but not once you get CMO approval, what do you do now? So, and that's why we started this. So I'm excited to sort of maybe create a path or a journey to have those next steps. But yeah, measurement was a, let's talk about why it was so important. It was definitely the thing that they pounded on. And I went to the day two portion of the event and it was brought up again, measurement, triangulation, experimentation, channel list studies. It was all just like this recurring topic. You know, is there something that Meta knows that we don't? What seems to be the logic or the purpose of why they're pushing measurements so much now in 2023, three years after ATT? I think like my big takeaway was basically like Meta has realized that they need their customers, like brands, merchants, they need them to thrive. And that the only way that's going to happen is they acknowledge that platform data is limited to what the platform sees and like actually it's tremendously in their benefit if they help push education on hey here are the other forms of measurement that you can do that can help you understand how to correctly allocate spend because they're probably seeing like you know what you and i see when we talk to other brands which is brands are starting to do things where it's like hey actually like this data signal is telling me this other thing. This data signal is telling me this other thing. This data signal is telling me this other thing. And Meta is probably feeling the same way we feel, which is like, we got to educate ASAP because to be honest, the better off all the merchants do, the better off Meta does, right? And it's in their self-interest to do this. But that's like candidly where I feel. Uh, But I think there's my sense is like, there's two big things from this week, the server to server integrations. (laughs) Be prepared for Apple continuing down its journey 
you know, the meta performance summit where I think our community of measurement nerds is going to grow. That's my feeling. And hopefully it helps people with their businesses. So, and a big shout out to all of the founders and operators of companies that are filling the space in measurement. I come from the enterprise background and some of the tools that are accessible now to Shopify and direct consumer brands have traditionally only been accessible to the enterprise brands with a very hefty price tag. And I'm seeing more and more companies and service providers come to the table with reasonable pricing, no annual contract commitment to have a high expense and providing measurement solutions. So I hope to see more of that. I think this it's a blue ocean as well in the space of having good providers that can go beyond analytics, but really hit the three pillars of measurement that we talk about of attribution, experimentation, and modeling, and making that more accessible to brands. So it's great to see, and you know, you know who you are. And of course, for all of our listeners, if you ever have any questions of who should I talk to, or like, what's the short list of different folks, happy to have the discussion and, and provide a recommendation as well. But if you are not able to build a model internally, find a service provider that makes sense, that's right for your business and explore that option. Of course, that's for the brands that have a diversified channel mix. If you don't have a diversified channel mix, don't worry about this. It's good information to know because you're eventually going to want to diversify, but PNL is all you need. Don't even waste energy trying to push through a heavy service provider, an annual contract and dealing with that headache, just focus on the PNL. <laughs> And use that for profitable growth. Totally. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one.